0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Nintendo Life episode 140. My name is NBZ, and I'm in various states of sickness. My throat is bad, my nose is bad. I've just worked six days in a row. It's been a rough mm. time, but I now have three days off, which is nice. And three I'm, days, I'm chill. Yeah, it's 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 good, uh, and I'm joined as always by Bali. How are you feeling, Bali?
1: I'm feeling good. They even ate into your three days with these clocks going forward.
0: They did. They fucking was like, hey, let's take away an hour from you on your weekend. What a nasty thing to do. I
1: think clocks forward went Clocks went forward a while ago in the in the states, and then we yeah. A there's bit this weird there.
0: sync thing, and the only reason that I used to know it happened was because I watched Kind of Funny Games daily every day, and usually it was like at the same time at like seven o'clock. And then all of a sudden it was at six o'clock, and I was like, "Wait, what's happened? Why is it like?" This? Mm. It's because their times change different to our times. I don't understand how it works or why it works, but hey, it's the, the world.
1: The, the European Parliament just voted for the EU to abolish um, clocks going forward and back really yeah that's interesting i mean i i think there's still a long process to go before that becomes law and we're obviously Ma- e- how, even how easy, are we so. at a
0: place where we can vote on what time it is you know <laughs> like i mean i guess that time is an invented concept by humans yeah. anyway but also like it's very weird to be like i don't know let's just change the way that Hours work I, in a I day. I agree
1: with Bombcast when they were talking about swapping time to metric, and then everyone in the world. Uh-huh. There's no. Yeah, time let's zone. let's do
0: Swatch Internet time, where it's all beats, and everyone beats, has exactly. the same same amount. It's such a. Yeah. I don't really understand how that works at all. But anyway, um hey, we're here to talk about things that aren't. Um, time zones and international nonsense. We're talking about video games. Uh, video games on Nintendo, video games on other places, lots of video games and video game things. Um, Bally, what are we going to be talking about well, today?
1: For this episode, we're going to be talking about the games that we have been playing in the first segment. Our second segment is going to have some emails. And then our third segment, we've got a bit of a, a catch-up just on the Nindie showcase that was a little while ago. Um, and some rumours floating around that we're going to talk about as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, let's kick things off with video games. You've been playing Bali, What you've been uh, busting into recently?
1: Well, we were just talking about beats. I yes, have lots been of beats. Big on the beats. Uh, I've been playing Beat Saber uh, with my PlayStation VR. Uh, this game came out last year, and there's not a whole lot to say about Beat Saber. Like, it's just an incredible game. Uh, for those who don't know. It's essentially Guitar Hero, but instead of notes coming towards you, it's blocks that you are slashing with virtual lightsabers. And It's a rhythm game, you know? It's, it's like a, a
0: it's a It's a um, track-based rhythm game where notes are rolling towards you on a highway and you need to knock them down, essentially. Right.
1: And you've got to slash them in a specific angle because it's all to do with the the direction the arrow on each block is pointing. There are some blocks where you can slash them any direction you'd like, and that feels great. Uh, and... the campaign in this game is like the weakest part. Um, It's a very weird, oh we need to turn this concept into a full game, let's stick in a campaign at last minute sort of feeling campaign and it's not good in that sense where yeah.
0: i mean I, I never really thought the guitar hero campaign was anything that special either but like, is, they had some unique stuff like the devil went to whatever was like the right. last song and you could only play that in like this uh battle version of it and stuff like that this is
1: much worse than that it's got right. songs where it says you have to have at least five missed notes and you're not allowed to have more than five, say, duff notes. So duff notes is when you uh, hit the note, but you hit it, like, time In a wrong, wrong direction or something, right. yeah. So it's like you have to have these min-maxes min- 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 on all these, like, missed notes, duff notes. Um, you got to reach a certain score, and it co- combines some of them together. It's got, it's got this strange one where you're not allowed to move your hands too much. It's all about the movement, minim- minimizing the movement, and it's like, this is just... It detracts from what is fun about Beat Saber, which is swinging your arms really fast in large arcs, and that's that's the most fun I've had with the game. And, like, I actually... It took me a while to realise that you get more points for larger arcs, so you actually get more points for being more energetic when playing. And it's, it's a very tiring game when you do it right, and on Expert songs, of which I can... I can play most of the songs on Expert just about, uh... And it's, it's just such a satisfying feeling that the, the the idea of these virtual lightsabers that you you're swinging in a virtual world um they couldn't have done it better and i i know that when it was this game was revealed it went pretty viral on the internet with like people saying whoa virtual lightsabers this looks incredible and you know the the concept of what they're trying to go for is very simple but it holds up incredibly well and it's just another game that i think if you have vr it's a, a must buy personally i'm not a huge fan of dance music and beat focused music right, i would yeah. have loved with so much beat stuff i would love like more rock and more metal songs um well more i say any there's not uh-huh, any, there's yeah. nothing other than dance music basically See, but well there's... this
0: is why you own a pc and this is why you get like an oculus and then you can mod it right. and then you can th- throw your own that songs that does in sound
1: there. pretty cool um and i i would happily pick up some sort of rock pack if it ever made it to ps4 which i doubt it will but
0: it might do you never know that, yeah, like all of these music. games thrive on their dlc rollouts because so much of the appeal of the game is like what songs you can play so
1: mm. yeah no i I'm like what's what's there has grown on me and it is actually kind of good music when you get your head around it if you're not into that style of music like i'm not and it's even got the kda song from um league of legends or whatever uh-huh. it is that's a yeah. cool song and that's cool that that game that song's in there so it's like I said, definitely worth picking up if you've got v r and it's a great v it's one it's in it's probably my top VR game now that I own. When someone comes around and it's like, "How does VR work, Bally? What does it feel like? like?" You need to play Beat Saber, and
0: right because it's one of those games that doesn't require you to move around a whole lot. Like, you're, no. I mean, in terms of your head, like you're facing in a similar yes, direction. Yes. Like, you're not. There's no locomotion in terms of you as a as a player. You're right. just kind of standing there and moving your arms. It it basically is like it's kind of like a Just Dance game but on drugs. You know, it's it's like the Wii Motion Control generation but turned up. To 11 and really hitting the peak of what that could have been yeah um so and like yeah.
1: watching people do this at high speed the crazy things this game makes you do with your arms is pretty pretty impressive so yeah, i highly highly recommend checking it out i, I probably i'm not going to finish the campaign just because i need to like beat this song with getting less than five duff notes and it's just yeah stupid. see that stuff sounds like it yeah. should
0: just be locked behind achievements and not really something that is the main thrust of the game yeah you know? and,
1: and there's not a huge array of so- I mean there's certainly more songs I believe than when the very first version came out because I remember watching Giant Bomb play it and that original version they were playing with definitely had fewer songs than this one so sure, there's songs and there's also DLC songs it's just they're not the sort of songs I'm interested in and there's a few in there that I, I like there's like a country sounding song and like a pirate sounding song that's quite fun and they're the most rocky I'd say even though there's not really any rock songs but yeah nice, great game um, I've also been playing another short game, another game that's hugely based around feel and um, very style. one note and style. Uh, and that game is Ape Out, uh, which came out on the Switch and the PC, I believe, just um, a little while ago. Yeah. Um, how do you describe Ape Out? It's top down. You play as an ape. It's a very distinct... There's very few colors on the screen. Like, like um, you're an ape running around... Trying to break out, basically. You're breaking out of security facilities, um, through, from skyscrapers, from like ports, uh, and you're just an ape trying to get from point A to mm-hmm. B
0: and it's like it's a top-down perspective kind of like hotline miami where like you it's are, like hotline miami That's yeah the best where you are kind of going up against a bunch of dudes and but from what i see it's less puzzle focused than that game is because for hotline miami a lot of it is like oh, replaying yeah, the same room again is, and again no and again puzzles whatsoever and yeah. this is just more just full-on action going right. for it
1: so yeah like i said your point is to get to escape uh and right. you control your ape using the analog stick and then there are only two buttons there's the r button which will push a an enemy into a, either a wall or off a building or into another enemy and and they will splat in like a, a big gush of blood uh-huh. and it's incredibly gory uh so you've got your r button to do that and you've got your l button that grabs the enemy and if they're holding a gun they'll shoot the gun out in front of them and then they will stop and then you can press r to throw them again so you can like right it's all about kind of timing but the, the downside
0: so you so you don't really have control over when they shoot though do you because like you grab them and then they just have one yes. blast that they fire off so yeah. you can kind of time it to be like okay i've grabbed this dude i need to be fast enough to turn to another dude so that the shot that he fires takes him out as well
1: exactly and it all depends on the dude you picked up whether what type of gun they're carrying because if it's a flamethrower then they'll do a, right. a big long gush of flame but if it's just a regular shotgun it'll be a spin time shoot and then and you you get it's a, there's so much timing in the game and the timing links to the music so the, when a level starts it's silent and then it's only after the first kill that the music comes in and it's like this jazz drum beat that just keeps going. And every single kill you get after that is either like a cymbal crashing in time or another drum being hit. And when you're moving at full speed, I feel like the music represents that like beat going. And that that's where this game is so strong, I feel, is that you can... You can play it in a, new, a variety of ways, but in my view, there was only one way to play it, and that was at full speed. Because right. rather than just creeping around, defeating every enemy, which I think you probably could do and maybe beat the like game be more be stealthy, easily. basically. Yeah, be stealthy. And there are moments where you will want to just pause, catch your breath before sprinting again. But the process of sprinting, while you're running at full speed, you are very, very... Invincible to attacks because you have you can get behind corners, you can duck behind people, you can... Basically grabbing people and getting them to shoot back completely ruins your momentum. So I was trying to do it less often, but you will always come into bottlenecks where you will have to get yourself out of that hole basically by t- grabbing the enemy getting them to shoot. So it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of like a push your luck. How far can I sprint before I need to actually reassess how i you know stealth my way around this level um and then there are levels that unlock later that i've not played it's just like arcade mode which is the same levels with a time limit so it's like okay forcing you to say hey no you got to go quick Um, so it's like the game's just got this impeccable fine balance between i've run into a room there's an enemy facing me do i shove them do i run past them and duck away or do i grab hold of them anticipating more enemies to try and get a shot back on them and kill the f- the further enemies or if there's just two enemies I can just grab one and shove it into the other enemy. And it's kind of that really fast-paced thinking that you constantly need with this game. And the game sure. does get pretty hard. Uh, I think you can probably slow everything down and make the game easier for yourself, but I just decided I wasn't ever going to do that, and I was very impatient to an extent. And <laughs> just, just
0: run your head at the wall. Exactly. Without, you it's, know, just... it,
1: and the game was more fun as a result of doing that i think that this game does one thing very well like it doesn't really reinvent the formula at all there's like an epilogue mission that i've tried quite a few times it's very hard that i've kind of given up on i might get back to it but the the game does one thing very very well and it's it's a fairly short game there's four chapters uh each chapter has two sides of like a disc and then um so there's essentially like eight eight levels um it doesn't take a a tremendous amount of time. but I beat it in like four or five hours, but it's mm-hmm. it's some game. It it does it, what it's going for, it does incredibly well. It's incredibly stylish. Uh it flows it flows like you would you would hope a game like this would flow. The second that flow is broken, I think the game would have would be very, very bad because that's the only yeah. thing this game essentially does is that flow. For
0: me, like just watching gameplay of it, just regular playing of the game looks like someone had mocked up something for a trailer like it looks like something that has been made to it, it's a game that looks good no matter kind of what you do almost yeah. you know um it, it feels like it's very built in that way to create moments where you're constantly uh, pinging between enemies and throwing them and then you're doing this other thing and it just feels so fast-paced in that sense that any kind of gameplay you watch could be taken as you know gameplay footage you'd use in a trailer
1: almost yeah definitely and i would i would say like this game is maybe the surprise of the year so far um i think it's i I mean apex legends was a surprise I guess. yeah yeah, sure this game is really really enjoyable i think it works fantastically on switch i'd highly recommend anyone who's got a switch just play this at at some point it i'm sure it'll be on sale later in the year maybe or next year but probably will be it's kind of short i can't remember how much i paid for it i want to say about It's like 11 quid or something 13 yeah it's not too bad i mean it is a short game so just be wary of that but i mean it's got a lot of play replayability if you do enjoy what this game is doing and i would highly highly recommend it because it is an absolute romp um i really really enjoyed it
0: i think just the visuals alone are so striking it has such a distinct look to it and it's almost like a top-down version of you know the 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 side-scrolling dk levels of like the the weird shadowing and stuff like that but with different colors it's like it has that kind of shadowing effect but with like more vibrant colors to it um Mm. uh, and it's i should
1: also say without spoiling anything there is a very fun victory lap at the end. okay okay it's good fun to get it's worth getting to it's cool I, i like
0: it very good um bali continues to be the champion of gorillas and monkeys on this podcast As exactly. every every uh, game he plays has to have them. and I,
1: st- I started i started undertale that i'll hopefully talk about next time cool
0: fantastic um so i have not really been playing that much new um i've been obviously i've been kind of chugging away at nino kuni 2 for a long time i'm almost at the end of that but i'll maybe save that for another time um i've been playing a fuckload of smash brothers again and i don't really know why maybe it's just you know i feel like at the moment you know when i come home i'm just like want to chill game I'm not really wanting it's to play apex to pick up and play and then right and, and look, I, I have my multiplayer games i rotate through with overwatch apex and smash brothers and all these other things um I'm playing a lot of timefall 2 as well uh recently because of apex but the Apex Battle Pass came out, and I was like kind of underwhelmed by it. So I was like, oh, I actually kind of can't be bothered to go back to Apex. Um, so I've been picking up a lot of Smash Brothers, and something that I had been meaning to do is to just go back and clear out all the spirits in World of Light. Because I finished World of Light, and there was still a lot of them on the map. And so I went through, and I basically did that. And going back through and doing it is a bit of a process. I think they could have done a much better job of highlighting where all the missing spirits are um they do a, a slight uh, helpful thing that they have is you know the kind of sub areas you go to so like the electrical factory or whatever or mm. you know the castlevania area those I don't think places I've half these areas <laughs> no you probably have um those areas on the map um they are displayed with a tick mark if you have gotten all the spirits inside of them So it means that when you're going back through, if you see an area that has a tick on it, it means, okay, you don't have to worry about going back to it. Um, But there are some sub-areas, especially in the second half of the game, that are extremely long and... and wide and one of them in particular doesn't even have an overworld map for you to look at um so it's a lot of just process of elimination going down every path possible trying to see did i find something here did i not um and you know it's it's fine because i'm kind of doing it as this background thing and not really focusing but if it's something that you were just grinding through without having any other thing in the background i think it could get a bit tedious potentially but i feel like spirits and, and things and smash brothers are there as this never-ending gobstopper almost as a thing that you just kind of chip away at and you don't necessarily spend hours and hours in a row playing it but it's more like um this kind of thing that you just go back to here and there um and it's interesting because a lot of the spirits that i found very tricky early on in the the game i go back to now and i just demolish them just because the way that that system is built is that spirits uh and their power level have such a huge impact on how difficult certain other ones are so if you have a legendary spirit with a bunch of stuff that's really good there's look there's one team that i have saved which i've called win button because it's the team I go to when I can't figure out how to finish a fight, and it's basically um, Soma Cruz, who is the like vampire hunter from Castlevania, Dawn of Sorrow, um, and I think Aria of Sorrow as well. And he is like a legendary one. He's the evolved form of Dracula, I believe. So you like you, you know how you level up your spirits and you evolve them. So mm-hmm. he's that. And then there's the big polar bear from uh, Ice Climbers. And the polar bear has super armor, which means you can't be, like, knocked back when someone moves you or hits you. So, basically, I use the super powerful spirit with this other, like, sub-spirit. And all I do is I sit there and charge a a smash attack and the enemies just run at me and I just smash them. Um, And it's good because a lot of the fights later on in the game that are quite tricky involve multiple enemies against you at once um and some tricky situations there's one that is driving me fucking insane actually right now it's pyra from xenoblade 2 and it's on the xenoblade stage is like a battlefield version of it and the entire floor is on fire so you have to have a spirit that is fire immunity but each spirit takes up a certain number of slots so you have like the maximum slots you can have for a spirit is three And the fire resistance one is two slots. Whereas the one to be invincible that I use to win is also two slots. So I can't have two two two-slot spirits at the same time Mm. because there's only three spaces. So I have to have the one that's fire immunity because otherwise I just get burned to death. And these other two fighters, which is a Shulk and I believe a Lucina with red hair. um, The Lucina, I think, has like curry breath and stuff as well. They have like fire bars. It is possible, and i'm dying on it so so much and it's causing me so much pain um that that's one that i'm actually doing on the spirit board as opposed to in world of light but god it sucks um some of these setups for fights are just impossible in a way that is so infuriating so they do have different ways for you to get them obviously like going to the shop and buying spirits is a way um but that involves like getting a lot of coins and, and stuff like that but you know, I, f- I ended up doing I ended up 100%ing World of Light, which you know takes a lot of scouring. Um, took me a long time to find like that. You get down to like that 99.36% or whatever, and I'm like, I have two spirits left to find. Where the fuck are they? And you're just going around everywhere just trying to find it. And I finally found it, just like somewhere in the bottom of the map that I hadn't explored yet, and um and, and finished it off, but. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that I enjoyed. I think there are lots of references in World of Light. There was even a whole area that I didn't find during my main playthrough, which is a Street Fighter area where you go like you're going on planes, oh, and it's cool. like the I believe it's a reference to the single player campaign from like street fighter 2 where you're like going over the world map and stuff Hmm. um and and that's very cool because all those fights uh hp based fights like street fighter because like health bars essentially um and you fight all the different street fighter characters get all their spirits um lots of neat stuff in there which i've kind of talked about in the past but i enjoyed 100% in world of light and really the reason i was doing it was because i wanted to complete the challenge board the challenge board is one of those things in smash brothers that has always been a thing that i've enjoyed doing but has never been something i've finished like go now and look on your wii u and look at the wii u smash brothers challenge board it is intimidating that thing is fucking enormous it is so much it feels so much more impossible than what they laid out in smash ultimate mm. and i think smash ultimate really one of the best things about it is this challenge board is so achievable um, you look at it and it's broken down into sections you have online you've got classic mode you've got spirits you've got a uh, single player with world of light it's all into these digestible chunks that don't look too intimidating because there's you know not that many panels on each page there's only 124 total and so it really is a case of they're pretty generous as well with like hammers and stuff so to destroy ones that you're having trouble with um so that's really good and and the thing about it that i really enjoy is figuring out ways to cheat the systems so for example a lot of the trickier challenges that you're not even able to use the hammer on are against level 9 cpus with certain conditions and you have to do this and this so it's like beat a level 9 cpu by two points within three minutes whatever and that can be tricky for a lot of people i feel like i could do it if i really push through but i looked online and there was this dude in the comment there's like this video who had a suggestion of how to do it and the video suggestion was really stupid it was like um have a me character make them the brawler type give them like the screw attack thing and like bust them off the top of the stage and it looked like something that was a bit tricky to pull off and i wasn't too fond of doing that so i looked at the comments and someone in the comments was like hey like These challenges they don't say anything about items so what i did was i just got gust bellows and then i put little mac on the stage as the level 9 cpu and i just gust bellowed little mac off the side of final (laughs) destination and i'm like oh shit that's a great fucking idea so all these level 9 cpu fights that i was finding a bit tricky i just dumped in some gus bellows and just blew (laughs) little mac off the side of the stage and it's really good it's like i love that idea of completing the challenge board in a way that is more creative um and because it is a bit more open-ended like they're not rigidly sticking to like this item set like no it doesn't say no items or anything so yeah it's great i i had a lot of fun doing that and kind of cheesing my way through um and there were some that are are a bit annoying the one that is like incineroar doing 40 percent damage in one hit um it's based around his counter because i think like the more that he builds up with his counter he gets a huge amount of damage when he does finally pull it off um and i couldn't really get it to work so i used the hammer on that one um there are a bunch of ones and, and some of the trickier ones are like finish the final fight of world of light without dying um but the good thing is is that you can just play it on easy if you want to so i just switched it to easy uh, and and i still got the achievement and it's also nice being able to like do two in one so one of the other challenges is to be Garendorf and clear the first stage of the final battle without dying so i basically played through as Garendorf through the whole thing didn't die once finished it in one shot and i got both of the challenges unlocked at the same time which is good i like that they allow that and if you are smart about it and you have read through the challenge board and you can think hmm i can kind of do this at the same time i did it similarly with one of the games and more challenges for um you know century smash uh where it's like clear as wolf clear century smash within five minutes and then there was another one that was clearing century smash um on the great plateau tower within five minutes so what i did was like i'm going to be wolf on the great plateau tower and boom i only have to do it once and i get both of the challenges unlocked uh, so yeah i think that's a really cool thing and overall i've just enjoyed doing the challenges and and seeing the um kind of the panels burst because they all have like really cool pictures on them that are situations that are similar to the stuff that you would see like at the end of um you know classic mode and stuff like that i i, I really enjoy that like, sakurai like setting up these situations in smash brothers with the in-game engine um because there's so much expressivity in it and that you can make lots of goofy things happen he does it with trailers all. The time just setting up these really funny situations um with nothing more than the game itself um and that's the flexibility of smash brothers it just kind of lets you do that so so yeah i've had a great time i finished the challenge board so i've got every single panel unlocked uh which is awesome it's the first time i've ever done that in a smash brothers game um i've obviously have 100 percented world of light now um and i have i've got about 20 classic modes left to go um and classic mode in this game is great because it only takes like six to seven minutes to go through a classic mode it's so much faster than previous games so it doesn't feel intimidating when you look at the roster of like 70 plus characters and it's like man am i going to be able to do all this um and really if you just take your time with it and and do it over you know have a long and just jump in there in an evening and be like okay i'm gonna do classic mode before bed it's very achievable um and at the moment i have a thousand spirits i need 200 or so more maybe 300 um and and yeah i'm just enjoying just going through and just collecting them and eventually i'll be at the end of it we've got all this Uh, dlc to come exactly and that's the exciting thing right is because i'm playing this a lot now there's dlc come in with all the new characters so i'm going to be able to go through classic mode as joker and stuff like that but also hopefully some more spirits are added and then also they'll add a bunch of stuff like new modes that they've been teasing so you know if home run contest comes along again then i've got another thing to do and another thing to chase and that's the thing with smash brothers is like for me smash brothers as a video game is it just feels perfect it feels amazing i love playing it i just love you know playing smash brothers so even if i think that there are problems with ultimate and that you know spirits are not as good as trophies and you know there's only really classic mode and spirits and stuff i've enjoyed doing all that stuff i still enjoy going through it and just ticking things off a list um and and yeah, it's it's just one of those games that I'm always gonna come back to and, and, and play. So and obviously it's endless online as well, which I think mm-hmm. the online in this game is much, much better than it's ever been yeah, in the past. Definitely. I've really enjoyed playing against random people online, um, and I will continue to do that. obviously, you know, we play against each other all, all the time as well. So So yeah just a bit of a love in with smash brothers at the moment it's such an easy game to just pick up and play and i'm i'm happy that i'm like just really digging in and just getting everything and like i'm being a pokemon master battle i'm going to catch them all i'm going to finish everything in the smash brothers okay uh, just because i want to you know just because it's fun so
1: and i'm i will get back to what i think i think it just it's gonna that. take it's going to take all these dlc characters to get me back into it
0: potentially yeah um i don't know i feel like it's a bit intimidating when you're just trying to finish the game but once you've finished it and you're just kind of going back and chipping away at it it's much less so it's much less um you know i guess frustration because you have the resources to create spirits that are super uber powerful that you can just roll over people with um so what i would suggest maybe is if you're having trouble is just using all those snacks that you have and just leveling like max leveling all your spirits um get max level for each different type so have like a blue one a green one a red one a uh, like gray one have all of them at max level at level 99 if they're legendary ones like great like get those just use those for the rest of the game because it will make things so much easier for you Mm. Um, because there are fights when like if you have like my most powerful setup There are fights where I go into them and I hit the character twice. Like, they do 50% damage with one hit, the second hit smashes them off the stage and they're dead. There are fights that are, like, literally three seconds long because I'm just so overpowered. Um, so you can kind of breeze through it and i remember andre from game explain when smash brothers was coming out and he was reviewing it was saying to 100 percent world of light it's gonna take you 40 hours and my save file says about 23 so i don't know man it's you can kind of burn through it when you have powerful spirits at the end game um it does not take that long honestly so Hmm. so yeah that is a lot of lot of games um good stuff we are going to take a break now but we'll come back after that with some of your emails um and uh, and yeah have a bit of a chat about things that you've sent us so don't go anywhere we'll be right back
1: hello everyone and welcome back to the show it's the second segment and that means it's time for your emails but we are running low on the good old emails so p- very low this just it just happens occasionally it's just you know these things happen it's a podcast uh please send your emails to this nintendo at gmail.com that is this nintendo at gmail.com or post a comment of question in our discord server we've got a little emails thread in there uh the discord community has been growing a little bit recently it's we're up to about 90 people in there so it's a good old good old community come and have a chat drop a question uh you'd be more than welcome so yeah go for either of those our first question this week is from james who's from vancouver in canada Hey guys, my question pertains to both of your personal lives and how gaming fits into the balance. I'm 26 years old, work full time and love devoting time to spend with my girlfriend and friends. Somehow, since Octopath has been out, this is quite an old email, I've already put nearly 25 hours in alongside spending... uh alongside spending some time in other games as well video games always have been my number one hobby but i'm just wondering how you both fit gaming into a life balance alongside other demands i seem to have found a balance that works for me but curious to see how you guys meet uh, might do it differently keep on keeping on james all right it's a tough thing when you're
0: working you know uh when you have no time to do anything to fit video games in
1: and we're doing um, the podcast
0: yeah absolutely right cuz like so much of our free time is devoted to doing this as well and like obviously a lot of games we play we are maybe selective about about like what we're going to talk about as well so there's like an added layer there of like we're not necessarily playing what we want to uh, like all the time you know because there, there are a lot of people who you know they'll just play one game like they'll just play overwatch every day and they kind of you know they'll wait for like a big game they'll like play the god of war or spider-man that comes out but just, they'll just play overwatch for most of the time um but we have and i like it because i like moving on to different games and playing a lot of different things but we yeah. definitely do that as as a necessity to to have an interesting show so we can chat about things that people might be interested in or have recommendations for for people who want to pick things up so so yeah that's an, an added layer to it how how do you deal with this Bally?
1: yeah i think it's all about rationalizing how you spend your time i'm yeah. really, i'm quite a I'm quite an organized person in the sense that when I'm at work, when I'm at home, I'm like, right, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. That gives me two, 3 hours here, I'm going to You're spend, very like, scheduled in that way. Yeah, I'm and like, I'm like even stuff. when I
0: went to visit you in Brussels, you're like, okay, let's write out the list of games we're going to play. Right. We're going to play this, then this, <laughs> then this, and then we're going to do that, and then we're going yeah. to do this.
1: And and it kind of worked well because I mean there's been so many times we've seen each other and we've said right, we're going to play all these games and then some there's like a great a few great games that we just never get around yeah. to so i'm always we just someone end up that sitting likes... watching
0: some youtube bullshit exactly whatever,
1: yeah. <laughs> i love stick i love applying a system to everything i'm also someone who loves um napping on a day off so yeah, i like yeah, to set like nuts. i'm I say right i'm gonna start napping at this time i've set my alarm but this time that gives me this much in, of evening left and i'm gonna do this i think it's about associating when if i tell someone who doesn't know a ton about video games and i say oh yeah i spent 30 to 40 hours beating this game like God of War it was really great it's an incredible game and and they they don't care what i'm saying about how incredible the game is they're just shocked that i've spent 40 hours playing a game and i think that you just have to think right but what's the equivalent that other people are spending their free time on? Assuming most people work nine to five jobs, obviously there are plenty of jobs where you work funny hours or you work more hours. Um, I personally work nine to five roughly most of the time and that gives you a lot of free time. Um, I also do a ton of running and it's just a case of saying, what do people do in their spare time? I like, because in my view, People do stuff like watch an absolute ton of TV or do a ton of stuff like fitness and things. And it's just saying to yourself, my one of the things I do with my free time is video games. And I tend to spend, on average, maybe an hour a day on a non day off and then on a day off that can go much higher and then if there's like a big game that's come out that I'm really into um then I will obviously play a lot more than just an hour or two in a given day mm-hmm. but I think it's just allocating that time and say I'm I will always be like right I'm going to play I'm going to play a bit of this right up until dinner and then after dinner we're going to watch a Netflix show with Caroline and then we're going to do an hour of go for a run or something and then we'll get to bed or something like it, I'm I'm I always do that and just factor in running naps, sleeping meals. Like yeah. I, I just love the, those systems. And I think I've just always, I've moved around quite a bit between Edinburgh, London, Brussels, different jobs, different hours, different living conditions, uh, going out with Caroline, stuff like that. Like it, it's always been changing. And I think it's just adapt- about adapting. What do you enjoy? What works for you? And finding, yeah, allocate an hour for this an hour for that and i've always just allocated an hour here and there where i think a lot of other people might allocate a bit of netflix or a bit of chilling on youtube watching something or a bit of watching something else i think i just always choose to allocate an hour or two during the working week to like video games and that just gets you through games if a long game like octopath you know same thing i just did like an hour or two a day for i don't know it took me about a month and yeah you're there It's it's not it's not too difficult i think it's just about routine
0: yeah definitely it's about managing your time and making sure that every second counts (laughs) in a sense because when you are working and you have limited free time it is it's hard to think about it and be like oh god i've need to do all these things but i don't know how i'm gonna fit them in so it's just kind of breaking it down i guess you know in in any way do you think that getting caroline into games has helped in some extent to (laughs) you playing more games
1: because other friends girlfriends are nothing they really aren't into video games in the same way right. that, that caroline is and, and while she's not maybe into all the games i'm into no. certainly not she still really appreciates a game like god of war like red dead to a really story driven game that she's watched me play a lot of she'd be like wow that was a really interesting cutscene or something and it's certainly gaming isn't a taboo in our relationship in the way that I know there's a lot of guys and they're like, all uh-huh. right, I've got my hour of games away from the girlfriend. Here we go, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It's never it's never really been like that with me and Caroline and that has definitely made things a lot better, a lot healthier. She watches a lot of stuff like on Netflix on her own iPad. Right. So she'll happily just sit with a second screen watching her show. I'll be playing um, and then likewise, we'll often play stuff together and likewise, we'll watch a lot of Netflix together and stuff. So like I think we've struck a really good balance of time we spend together and time where we just time we spend together doing stuff together and time we spend together doing our own things. And I think we have a really healthy balance of doing a bit of both where I know a lot of relationships, people are like, we have to be doing stuff together all the time. Uh-huh. Other people are like, no, we just need to do my own thing the whole time. I think we do personally do have a good balance of mixing yeah. it up and we're both very much into running as well. We have very similar interests in that sense. Mm-hmm. So there's always stuff we end up do doing together so it's it's fine that like video games are this thing that we share and i might play a really great video game and say oh caroline you should try it and then she's like yeah i tried it and it's great like i she just went crazy on stardew valley and there were so many things we could just like talk about and say like oh yeah this was a cool thing and i think that just takes a lot of pressure off when am I going to fit in my gaming time and how am I going to do it? It it makes it a lot more seamless.
0: I mean, she's played three times as much Skyrim as I have, (laughs) And I've right. played fifty she, hours of Skyrim. Yeah. Um, she so. was
1: pretty hardcore when when it's the right game. Yeah, there's
0: like three sure. games that she has on Switch, <laughs> yeah. and like they're all over a hundred hours. So When I look on on my friends' list, I'm like, wow, that's what it's like when you just dedicate yourself to one game yeah. and you don't worry about other and, ones. And
1: she's she's a big reason I bought a PS4. Right, um, like we, she beat Breath of the Wild, and she said, "What type? Of, what like what genre is this? How do I find more experiences like that?" And I sort of said, "It's an open world." adventure game and I sort of said there's a few of those on Switch but ultimately in my view I thought there were a lot more on a system like PS4 you right Assassin's Creed God of, War, God of War, yeah War, I think War. I, I mean, think like, she's
0: really like like Assassin's Creed Odyssey for example like, yeah
1: I think she would really love Assassin's Creed Odyssey I think she's at some point is gonna play a lot of open world games on PS4 She she's always very cautious when I'm into a game on PS4 uh-huh. goes, oh, you can you can use the PS4 and I always say like I don't ha- like you can play your game on PS4 I will happily play a Switch or 3DS or uh-huh. something like it we don't always have to be rivaling off each other but yeah I think she will she does want to try out either Horizon or Red Dead 2 sure and yeah so in an evening she might turn that on be playing through it and I might be playing a bit on my Switch or on my laptop and us just sitting there sort of doing our own thing but still talking to each other when something i might see something she's playing in the game oh that's cool you should try doing this or what about this and she's all right okay so i think we're 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 in a good place where we know how to factor in evenings and i like i said with all my planning i will be like whatsapping caroline throughout the day saying how about we do this for this evening and we'll like, be planning dinner and when we're going to do this and like, i like a system and you know it's, it's a bit over the top sometimes but i do like to plan out how i spend my free time quite a lot and part of that is games
0: yeah that's cool um for me it's it's more in terms of balancing everything that i enjoy because there's lots of things that i consume uh media wise and i think it's because i watch a lot of internet video stuff like i've always been someone who prefers watching like since i started watching youtube i kind of stopped watching television like i don't think television is really that relevant for me uh i there are shows that i really like and obviously you know i'll watch game of thrones when it comes out i'll watch you know there if people recommend a really good show then i will get into it and i'll watch all of it you know i'll burn through it i'll do like i I used to do house of cards like when stranger things came out and things like that i will just devour yeah but a lot of my time is like, I have a watch later playlist on YouTube of 600 videos. So I basically have endless content for the rest of time if I wanted to watch stuff. Um, and most of that stuff is like, I'll never watch it. Look, I'm, like, I, I own up to the fact that that is not a surmountable task. There's no many, there's not enough hours in the day to, possibly get through that stuff
1: but I, I gave up on my youtube watch list years ago yes like it was no. quite a liberating
0: <laughs> yeah feeling. i imagine and it I is just
1: dip in when i feel like it too. i've got I've like it's only about three or four youtubers maybe if that, that i actually now watch consistently that's sure. definitely something that has reduced a lot in my my viewing time right
0: um and i think it's because i well there are certain like i follow a lot of groups so like it because i like easy allies and kind of funny and Giant Bomb and i i want to hear their takes on everything so like i listen to kind of funny games daily every day every day it's an hour show every day i usually have it in my car on the way to work uh, so that helps um but also like in the evening my uh, a lot of routine that i have sometimes is i will put on a youtube video on my second monitor and i will play a game on my main computer monitor uh, whether that be playing apex legends or overwatch or whatever it's and i think this is why i play a lot more online games these days in my free time is because they pair so well with other media so videos on youtube that i don't need to necessarily watch but i can just listen um or just podcasts generally for me i've always been a multitasker and i don't necessarily like just doing one thing i don't just want to play a video game i want to listen to a podcast at the same time i want to like i don't know do some other thing at the same time like it's, it's a bad thing in a lot of senses because you know, I'll be watching a YouTube video, and I'll just pick up my guitar and start like playing. And I'm like, "Well, this doesn't work. I can't like play my guitar and watch a YouTube video at the same time because this is all out of sync, and it doesn't. You know if I'm not focusing on something in particular, it's not, um, you know, it's not going to be a good thing. So, so for me, it is definitely when it comes to those type of things you know figuring out what games i'm going to play do i need to dedicate my entire attention span to this if not then you know i'm going to have something else going on at the same time um, mm. and that i think both of us have gotten into the habit of increasing the speed at which we watch things so yes i listen to podcasts on 1.5 times speed most of the time i know you've gone up to like two at this point i've gone up um, to
1: two but in reality it's actually about 1.5 to 1.75 it just says it's two on your app reason. right yeah, yeah on my yeah, app yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, it sounds smooth like right. i've i've gotten completely used the only time i don't listen in double speed is when i'm trying to get to sleep at night yes yeah no no
0: i agree and also waking up in the morning it can be just a bit weird when you wake up and it's suddenly at 1.5 times speed and your brain is just not awake yet so it just can't keep up with it um so yeah generally when i go to sleep and wake up it's, it's it's changing about um but for me it is even with video so like i'm watching giant bomb play through mass effect 2 and there's a lot of downtime in let's play style videos and so i download it because i'm a premium member so i can just download Jump On videos which is so helpful like i i really like that feature that they have um but it means because on vlc which is like a media player on, on pc i can up the speed at which i watch it because giant bomb on their own uh, internal video player doesn't have that like youtube does um so i watch those videos at 1.7 times speed uh and it makes a two-hour episode go by in basically an hour so it saves me so much time and i can still keep up with it and i still enjoy it like i still enjoy watching that and going through it it's just reducing the amount of time i need to spend doing it (laughs) in order to get it if you know what i mean um yeah and so yeah that that's generally one of those things but there's it happens where there's all these things i want to watch and all these things i want to play and they pile up and i'm just never going to get to all of them so it's just balancing that and figuring out the best way to handle it and obviously on weekends it's much easier because i'm like okay this entire day i'm going to dedicate to doing this thing so like i'll sit down for like nine hours and play fucking Nino kuni 2 um yeah. well but it also like it's an rpg where i can be grinding and have things on the background you know i'll be going and doing different things dipping in and out so yeah
1: it's um and, and there are like weekends where we just can't record one of us is doing something right and but we're we've been doing this a long time now we are we're, we're quite good when it comes to planning like the, one of us will tell the other one like, i'm away this weekend we're gonna do yep. evening recordings and we just sort of have to schedule and say like right we're gonna do this segment here this segment here because we actually record in different oh different my segments God, Bali, different don't plans. give away the secret of podcasting yeah. so i think it's it's all back to planning and i love planning so uh-huh. <laughs> number even, one planner. Like, even even when we might record a podcast ahead of time because one of us is doing something away at a weekend. I would say I'm away at the weekend. I will still bring my Switch with me. And then when I'm traveling or then I get an hour in the morning or an hour at night, I'll just play a bit of Switch. And like, I'm still keeping on top of like finishing a book or something like right that. you're just keeping it you're constantly keeping man it yeah like um, a couple of weekends
0: ago i spent like six hours reading non-stop because there's this book series i've just gone into um which i fucking love and you know it's like a 600 page book and i just fucking devoured it so you know it's it's about giving things that you want to do space and for me it's hard right now um soon it won't be because i'm changing my job quitting my job so um at the moment my hours are just fucked up like i work 11 till 8 and that sounds cool because it's like i can wake up late but the bad side is like in the morning i can't really do anything like for me i i don't feel like i can relax in the morning and just like chill and do something um And then in the evening, I have, like, no time either. So I have basically two to three hours in the evening max, which is not enough. Uh, And then in the morning, I don't really have any time either. So it's just, like, I I feel like during the week, I can't really do much. Um, And that's why when I get back home, a lot of the times I spend at least an hour just, like, chilling and watching a YouTube video. And then maybe I'll play something for an hour, but then I basically have to go to sleep. So it's, yeah at the moment my free time is extremely limited uh in that way so and then sometimes i have to work six days in a row and i have one day off and it's just like you know it gets fucked oh. up man it gets fucked up so uh and the
1: podcast will always come it
0: will it will and you know i've tr- I try to keep up with things i'm trying to you know play things that are nintendo relevant i you know uh, probably talked about this in the first segment but um i uh playing a lot of fucking smash brothers right now actually this morning i woke up and played half an hour of smash brothers um and yeah did some spirits it was great you know uh, so there are, there are times the switch has helped with that of like i can wake up in the morning and just get a 20 minute session of, of, of something while i'm on the toilet or whatever it's good uh, i like that stuff so there you go
1: there's a micro analysis of our lives and our I crazy know. planning and systems that we've kind of acquired i think we copy a lot of each other as well when you were like, you just listening on double speed and i'm like it's completely changed my podcast." i know <laughs> yeah it does like the amount of yeah one day we're gonna talk about podcasts uh-huh. in depth. And yeah we should it's a really big part of our lives but anyway Definitely. yeah that's that's how we factor in games and play all these really long games and yeah. get, bring the podcast to you it's it's hard work it but is it's fun but i love doing, still doing is, it man like still it, relaxing it's, we love doing it's, it right. it's, it's gonna keep going so yeah thank you very much for your uh, message james Our next email is from Tim, who's from Wisconsin in the USA. This is also quite an old email, just to say. Uh There are numerous indie developers who have done an exceptional job making their first ever game and have yet to make a second game since they have kept working on the first game, even after release. Some of these games... Hollow Knight, Stardew Valley, Golf Story, Shovel Knight have been some of my favourite games of the past few years. Of all these one-game indie devs, which one are you most looking forward to seeing a second game from and what would you like to see from that second game? Personally, I am most interested to see what Team Cherry will do next after they are done working on more stuff for Hollow Knight. It may be because I just finished playing it, but I want another high-quality Metroidvania. Team Cherry uh, has said they have have some other great ideas so they might make a different kind of game but as long as it has the same level of polish and quality to it as Hollow Knight and great music I will play whatever they put out next no matter what kind of game it is. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Keep up the great work on the show. PS, this doesn't count for the question since they have made multiple games already but I can't wait for Image and Form to announce their next World game. Uh, I've loved all three of their big games so far and would especially love to see them make uh, Heist Two. Well,
0: yes so it's slightly dated because the, right. they uh, you mentioned former announced SteamWorld quest the rpg which is cool uh, i'm stoked for that and um, and obviously hollow knight the next game is still another hollow knight style game it's silk song which is you know in in the universe with that different character but still kind of i feel maybe slightly different in terms of you know she moves very differently as different kind of moves it's probably going to feel quite different but it's still within that same universe um but yeah, there this is a great question because there are so many of those studios that exist out there that have made that one game and we're like shit that's a great game what are you going to do next what is the thing and for me the one that stands out most of all is what the hell are yacht club games doing after they finish the behemoth that is shovel night because shovel Knight right. is like this it's almost a games as a service as an indie game you know <laughs> like it's <laughs> like they keep putting things out for it for free yeah. no less for people who already own it and it's like Man, can you be more generous as a developer? Obviously, we know why. It's because they're Kickstarter rewards and they had to promise them and, you know, they just built and built on it and they just, you know, they make things a lot more than they have to. Like, they only promised, hey, we're just going to make these different playable characters. But then they redesigned the entire campaign around them. Like, Spectre Knight and um, Plague Knight were both very unique in the design of the levels and the things that they changed about them. Um, and obviously King Knight's still to come and they've got like the Showdown mode, which is like a Smash Brothers multiplayer thing. It's crazy. Um and I really want to see what they do next. Whether it be a sixteen bit shovel night or whether it be a brand new character. Um I'm I'm so stoked to see what that team does because I think they have such chops and they've only gotten better with time and just they you know, they have that remarkable polish about them, um while still like calling out to nostalgia and, and referencing so many things. They they're a great studio, yacht club.
1: Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but do you remember when Hollow Knight first came out and yeah. it, so, the logo for Yacht Club Games was very much a pixelated uh, yacht. Ship, like that's their yeah, logo, yeah. ship. Um, I swear it was like maybe two, three years ago, like a while after the original Shovel Knight had come out, yeah. that they sort of revamped their uh, logo. It's uh-huh. now like this very impressive, swooshing, three dimensional right. ship. Uh, they um, showed that off
0: recently because they announced a new game they're publishing right, actually they're not exactly. developing it but they are they are publishing games which is awesome um and it's called cyber shadow and it kind of looks like the messenger which kind of looks right. like ninja gaiden it looks like another ninja gaiden inspired like 2d action game yeah it looks, um, it looks, looks, looks pretty cool, cool. yeah I'm, I'm down for that um uh, love the messenger but, so you know
1: but my theory was that if they wanted to be that sort of it's shovel like 8-bit 16-bit it's eight, 8-bit?
0: I would say it's it's like it is 8-bit, 8. but maybe more than you could bit. do on an yeah. NES to some degree. Like,
1: if they were going for that style for all their games, would it not be more appropriate to keep that logo and kind of keep maybe. that continuity in the right. way? There's something about the fact that they went for such a 3D Flash logo that makes me want to say they might move away from that style of game. That, that, this is just a really weird theory, I know, but yeah. it just feels... I don't know, it feels, it, it feels like that logo doesn't match the original Hollow Knight in the sense Shovel Knight, of, you mean? Shovel you keep Knight, keep saying sorry. Hollow Knight, not Shovel Knight. No, I keep saying Hollow <laughs> yeah. Knight. I've been meaning to say Shovel Knight this whole time yeah. about Yacht Club games, just yeah. to be clear. Um, it feels a little bit detached from that original logo they had for Shovel Knight. And I don't know. It's just a stupid theory.
0: Yeah. I'm, well, I don't know how I feel about them doing a 3D game because to me... When I look at studios who have tried to do three D games in like the N sixty four style, I look at things like Ukulele and Hat and Time, and like people like a Hat and Time, Ukulele less so. But I look at those games and they feel so much less polished to me. Like, and I think that's one of the things I pride about Yacht Club is how polished their games are. Um, and I don't know if jumping to three D would really accomplish too much for them. Um, but it's interesting. People have asked for Shovel like sixty four as you know a thing for them to do. So.
1: Potentially. Um, I know that the... Who's the guy behind Stardew Valley?
0: Uh, Eric Barone is his name. Eric
1: Barone. Yeah. I believe he has said that the next game he works on, he wants to take place in the Stardew Valley universe. Okay. He's not, like, he's not said oh, it has to be anything farm sim related. Right. But I think he has said he'd like it to be in that universe. So I don't know what they could what he could do with that universe. Like, it's, it's yeah. a very... I mean, you know, it's valid. it's worked
0: for Image and Form. I think they have been very smart in the fact that they've kept this cohesive um brand around Steamworld and they have been able to use it to take risks, right? Like if they had just put out an RPG which wasn't connected to Steamworld at all, I don't think word of mouth would have gotten out about it like it has. It's because they have this brand association that lets people be like, "Oh, it's a Steamworld thing." it's going to be good i'm going to buy it yeah. you know um it's very cl- it's a clever way to be risky with the types of games that you are making um, while still having the confidence that people are going
1: to invest in them you know um I- i know that you've stopped listening to nintendo voice chat mbz i pop in every
0: now and again like because they put it on youtube so like i, I sometimes pop in, in the background while i'm playing something um I'd but yeah
1: highly recommend popping in on the most recent episode where there's i've forgotten his name now he's brian Swedish. from Sigur, brian so he's the brian from image and yeah. form
0: uh, brian i first heard of years ago when don koopman from he does stuff at nintendo world report on does a lot of yeah. um, you know european games coverage uh he did an interview with brian before anyone knew who he was or before any one knew who image and form was before the first steam world dig came out on 3ds oh, wow. um, and it was a really good interview and i was like this is this sounds like
1: a cool game well he sits in on the entire show of nintendo voice chat yeah. I, I did, I did hear that episode yeah and it's it's a really good rep- episode i would highly recommend others checking it out um, i really really want to know i've forgotten the team behind golf story uh sidebar name, games. sidebar sidebar games yeah. of course the aussies um i it sounds really simple I just want them to do that exact same game but for tennis i yeah, just want that's, it so bad
0: i made that joke in that video i made about golf story um where i was like i hope they serve us an ace next time <laughs> you know like make a tennis game
1: it's, yeah. it's the right thing because to do. i i absolutely loved mario um tennis on the game Boy color like that whole rpg campaign was fantastic yeah. and it, I it just, you can do all those sort of RPG boosting mechanics when you, where you boost like your smash or your serve or your back, your backhand, your forehand, the topspin, the slides. You can boost all these shots, make your character slower um, and more powerful or quicker and less powerful, do the tricky shots. Mm-hmm. There's so much room for maneuver. And then you, like, you face all these different characters and they, each character you faces, face has like this crazy shot of their own. Right. And, stick in all that quirky writing that they stuck in for yeah golf story man golf story and...
0: that's one of the underrated aspects of golf story it's a really funny game very well written like very really, good really and cool. like stick
1: tennis courts in all sorts of weird places right uh, like they did with the courses in golf story and that that world that they created i think there's so much scope for that it sounds and you can really do so simple. many like
0: mini game things as well like they did yeah you know potential is wild for that i may have said this before but it's so perfect Make cricket story for God's sake. They're Aussies. Like,
1: come on. I'm or begging rugby you. rugby story. Make... There's never enough rugby games. No.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, cricket, great fucking game. Never represented well in video games. You know, Ash's cricket on the Wii we played. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great time. Um, that, that was. Not I think they could time. do so much with cricket. I would love to see a cricket story. It just makes sense for me. But the thing is, like marketability-wise, tennis is obviously a much bigger, more well-known game worldwide and everything. And,
1: and they must already know whether they're going to attempt another sport or go in a different direction right
0: or if they're even gonna do that again if they just go in a different direction they make a fucking 2d strategy game like who knows exactly like they
1: must already know the answer to that question obviously even if they don't want to they actually
0: i think i saw the other day they're putting a call out on twitter to hire some people so that seems like a cool thing that they're probably good no ramping up development on, on new stuff um uh my two well one of them you know it's not actually a debut game but obviously whatever comes out from matt makes games next after celeste i am straight on you know like well they made towerfall which is like it's a multiplayer game um but in terms of single player games like celeste is one of the best games i've ever played so fucking anything that he does next i am there day one um don't care what it is like jesus that that thing is amazing um so i wonder if he'll do a sequel because celeste has become kind of a brand name in and of itself at this point so it could be Potential thing to do. I know that are still working on those like levels, those bonus levels um that haven't come out yet, which
1: right, I right. want to get back to. I almost want them to not touch it, and just so it's like it's it's yeah. its own. It is, yeah. There's something so perfect and complete about just leaving it yeah. as it is. I as, like, ag- I agree. Story. In terms of the I story,
0: I agree with that definitely. um But yeah, more levels. You know, I'm always down for that. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I had no idea what they're going to make, but that is high on my list. And then obviously fucking cuphead it's coming to switch now man cuphead i am but,
1: pumped for that game i mean we're gonna do that maybe next oh, segment i'm so
0: like, bummed man. it doesn't have online multiplayer because i would play the shower that again online with you if we could
1: it's gonna um, come out just as i go to japan it's like the oh that's so game good just, that's you know,
0: amazing oh dude
1: it might not feel quite as japanese as playing splatoon 2 in japan no time no. that was a real what do you call it when it resonated well yes. playing that game yeah, there yeah at that yeah. time but maybe cuphead's a bit less japanese maybe <laughs> yeah. 2, but yeah i'm i'm pumped yeah
0: i um i don't know what they're, they're doing next similar to celeste they're putting out like extra stuff like there's i don't remember what it's called but they announced it like last year that cuphead is going to have more dlc um, not more because they didn't have dlc yeah the but...
1: switch version has this extra stuff and then it's a free update for non-switch users
0: what extra stuff are you talking about because they that, they have like a new something. thing that they are putting out where you can play as a new character and there's going to be new bosses and everything which is a paid dlc that will come right it's
1: not that but there is something extra i they mentioned in the nindy's reveal it was like i can't remember
0: okay um yeah and then obviously the other one i'd say is or in the blind forest but we're already getting that so fucking yes, please give me more of that
1: um want that to come to switch it's got it it's just a matter of time now, i
0: mean we? it is like we might as well write the check now like cuphead but is coming come to this switch? year
1: yeah of course
0: like why just not do it. fucking just Let's do it yeah I, I see no reason not to it makes makes total sense that they would do that um yeah i think those are the obvious ones i'm trying to think if there are any others potentially um you know like um you know uh what do you call them i can't remember the name of the studio uh limbo and inside um right. those guys they make great stuff i want to know the
1: next game what like about Owl, what about Boy.
0: Um, oh yes from d-pad studios d-pad um, night in the woods as well sequel to that yeah and axiom verge is a big one oh yeah that's that's a big one too is that tom hap yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah um yeah axiom verge is one that like i forget about but i'm like think about it. i'm like I just had a really good time with Axiom That's a very good game. It's great. Um it's, it's, a very, it's good game. very very good. It's I think it's the closest an in indie has come to being actually Metroid while still maintaining its own identity um, because so many mm. of the Metroid style games that we play like Hollow Knight and Ori and stuff they're all so different in terms of aesthetic so and sci-fi and
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Like and, and like the combat and everything is is totally Uh, divergent from what metroid does so i think axiom verge is the closest you get to that and goddamn, does tom have do a good job with that game so yeah there's there's lots out there man like i I think one hit wonder indies are just becoming a dime a dozen and there's just too many of them now they're all so good um that's why we love playing them so yeah
1: that's why nintendo are doing having so much focus on i know yeah i mean i guess that's what we're going to wrap up this segment and say that we're going to talk about the nindies exactly presentation yeah no good segue <laughs> a week and a half ago or so from that time recording um so yeah as i said before at the top of the segment send in your emails to this Life at gmail.com that is this at gmail.com or drop us a question in our discord thread it'd be greatly appreciated but as i said we're going to have a chat about a bit of news and the nindies presentation that just happened so don't go anywhere
0: I'm Mr. King Dice I'm the gamest in the land I never play nice I'm the devil's right hand man I can't let you pass Cause you ain't done everything Bring me those contracts Come on, bring them to the king If you haven't finished your class Haven't worked assiduously no, I cannot let you pass. Don't you mess with me. Don't mess with King Kai. Don't mess with King, Ty. Don't, mess with King Ty. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with, him. Don't mess with King Kai. Alright, folks, welcome back to the final part of the show this week. And we are going to be discussing a little bit of newsy little items here and there. Some things have been popping up. Um, not like super major ones, but things that could have some, some consequences, depending. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Nindy's Direct that happened. Not really, I think they call it a spotlight presentation or a spring showcase, is what they call it, actually. Um, and because it is around the time of GDC. Usually, Nintendo, they have a mixer, a GDC, where they show off a bunch of indie games, and so they kind of pair it with a direct and have done for the past few years. So, you know, I guess it's one of those things that's kind of more predictable in terms of Nintendo presentations and things happening. Uh, and then also, we have a bit of rumors going on about some new models of the Switch coming out later this year, something which we've talked about quite a bit in the past, but we have a bit more kind of concrete information um and and things that we can discuss so so yeah we're gonna chat about that stuff um so i guess we're just gonna kick it off with the nindy showcase bally give me your
1: top level thoughts how did you feel about this presentation generally pretty good it's that it's that good old trick nintendo are getting into where they do they got more or less two big announcements and it's one at the start and one at the end yes and the middle is definitely weaker and we can talk about that but Really solid announcements at the start and the end, and it just kind of gives you a really positive feeling overall, even if there's not maybe a ton of exciting news. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is when you think about how do you make a killer presentation, people remember the start and they remember the end. Exactly. So. like for the most part building that hype is smart to do it around both of those those parts because you know that's the thing that people are going to come away from and so the feeling is going to be much more positive than you know if you had done it the other way around or or like just thrown them randomly in the middle um so so yeah i agree i think it was pretty cool there's definitely some pretty major things happening and uh some stuff which is you know had been rumored for a while but has kind of cemented some interesting stuff for the future um so I don't know where you want to start with this, or we want to start with the big stuff, or we'll go through the smaller stuff first. What, what do you think, Bally? Save save the best or last, like like okay. a, like a tr- in direct fashion. Sure. Okay. Uh, so the few um, interesting games that popped up. Is there any that you want to pick out first of all that that kind of spoke to you, Bally?
1: Uh, I mean, a lot of them didn't speak to me, and like I'm always yeah. looking for that game that's like Golf Story. Where you, you just see right. it, and you're like, I I need that. I want to play that. And none Absolutely. none of these were on that level, but certainly something like Red Lantern actually really uh, maybe not didn't appeal to me but I was very right. interested in it and like that style and we we're, were just mentioning off mic it kind of, kind of looks a bit fire watchy like right. it's a and it's I read- like,
0: here's your first person narrative game that is probably not going to involve many game mechanics, but it's going to tell a story and it's going to be yeah. interesting and, you know, have some probably, you know, some sort of message and stuff like that. And, you know, we've s- seen a lot of that stuff in recent years, especially from like Gone Home and Tacoma, um, obviously Firewatch, but, you know, other games like What Remains of Edith Finch, um, you know, stuff like that is, is very, very in keeping with this kind of line of of, of games that we've had recently, so mm. yeah, it it seems interesting. I, I I'd not heard of this thing before. The Iditarod. You heard of that before?
1: I haven't heard of it. No, but no. it was a big um, focus of the, yeah. <laughs> this
0: announcement. Yeah, right. Because you're like a musher, basically, with a like musher. dogs who like yes. mush across the Arctic plains, whatever yeah. it is. And
1: then um, they like get killed and stuff. And it's like yeah, geez, a lot of them die. Wow. Yeah. We got oh yeah. it's... It seems kind of grim, but there's something very fascinating about it. And I, and I think, I can't remember whether they said it at the time or I read something after, but there's something rogue-like about it, which maybe yeah, makes me feel a little yeah. bit like, oh, I don't know yeah, if I like that, the idea of that, but...
0: I agree. It turns me off a little bit, too. Um, but uh, Ashley Birch is in it. She's voice acting, which she's been doing great work recently. So, you know, good stuff Who does there. she play? Um, the main character, I think, in this. No, I
1: mean, like... Oh, Ooh, she's she's uh, she's Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Of course, right. Yeah, um, nice. she
0: is Chloe in Life is Strange. Nice. Um. She's a lot of different things. Uh, she mm. was in Borderlands, Tiny Tina. I've known uh, Ashley Birch for a long time because she used to do a web series called Hey Ash, What You're Playing? which is oh, yeah, one of the funniest like, yeah. things on YouTube. It's such a good series. Uh, it's, it's very, very good. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, doing very well. She was also on Critical Role uh, this oh, right. uh, campaign. Um, yeah, you know, I've got to get my Critical Role mention in once every podcast <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, so Red Lantern, it didn't appeal to me personally. I'm, I've never been super into that type of game, but you know, it, it looks, interesting. The one thing that worries me about these types of games on Switch is they tend to not run very well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's when when it comes to indie games with a larger scope with trying to make something that's kind of fully 3D, most of the time they have like frame rate issues and stuff like that. So I'm a little worried about it on that front. But that's um, often cuz it's designed
1: for something else and then brought to right. Switch somehow. I don't that, I don't like, know if that's the case here. Or yeah, yeah this I'm this hoping is, it might not be just cuz it is such a big focus of like Nindy's and the first announcement of the game, maybe it's been designed for a Switch or maybe the promotion is just through Switch and it's designed me, for something yeah. else first.
0: I, I think it probably would will be on the other platforms but you know they you know they're getting the spotlight here so why wouldn't you take it Uh, seems good um for me the one that stood out the most is katana zero uh which is a game i've actually been having my eye on for about four or five years uh and i first saw it uh, a kind of funny stream at gdc it looked very you yes it, it it does look very me um it is like this pixel art game where you're a ninja and it seems like it controls it impeccably well like you're deflecting bullets you're going through like all these different levels um just great pixel art looks fantastic and so kind of funny did a gdc stream uh, four years ago where they brought in a bunch of indie developers to show off their games one of them was Owlboy actually um <laughs> and, and one of them was katana zero and i remember it from that uh, and it was funny because i was listening to kind of funny's podcast recently and they were talking about it like oh yeah this seems cool and stuff like that and they had forgotten that they'd even seen it before and then they brought it up on another episode that they had forgotten the fact that they would actually seen them uh, and they'd like had yeah. it on their own live stream because um, i was thinking when they're talking about it, i was like guys you literally i know about <laughs> this game because of you very they weird. cover a lot they do they to, do for sure um but yeah i this is one that i'm like pretty excited about and it's coming out pretty soon i think it's um end of april middle of april um 18th so, of april it says, 18th yeah. yeah um so i'm probably gonna pick this up when it comes out depending on how how well it does um but yeah definitely up my alley most up my alley game on this uh direct uh or nice. presentation for sure definitely very very cool um
1: one do you want to jump to uh, I don't know, there wasn't really anything
0: else Okay, Um well, we out. can kind of just chat over them a bit then sure. uh, It was interesting, Stranger Things 3 the game, that was one that popped up and I was like, ah yes, they did announce this recently, but I hadn't paid too much attention to it, and it seems pretty cool because it's not like your typical licensed game. This feels like more of a love letter to the Super Nintendo and like kind of classic brawler beat 'em up style games, mm. uh, bit of more of a weird isometric perspective as opposed to like a 2D side scroller. But seems like it's had a lot of love and care put into it, which you don't really say about a lot of you know licensed games these days. Um, so so that was curious, and obviously we're both big fans of Stranger Things. We're it like, comes out so on that? the
1: same day as season three. Yeah, yeah does
0: um and i wonder if it like ties in at all with the plot or anything um seems like you can play as like most of the characters from the game which is pretty cool And they all have their own like moves uh and things like that it, it seems like it's pretty well built that's
1: that's pretty neat um sorry one other one that was quite interesting I okay that you also found interesting is uh creature in the well it's yes, like the pinball yeah. style they've described right. it as pinball inspired hack and slash dungeon crawler Right, absolutely. Um, And and I don't
0: really know how it plays because it was it was pretty clear. No, it was pretty fast paced in the trailer and it seemed like there were a lot of things flying around the screen and, you know, lots of explosions happening and um, you know, having to control a bunch of things going at once like a bunch of pinballs almost um very unique idea you know we've had pinball games doing a weird twist before with yoku's island express on on switch last year that was like metroidvania where you're playing as a pinball essentially but this is like an action game where you are like inside a pinball table almost um like slicing at parts of the the table uh, but it's all it's all like built into a a world and it's not like you know it's not just you're just landing on a random pinball table it's it's mm. more its own thing um and that seems like it's coming out in the summer so i'm pretty excited about that that seems pretty cool want to you know maybe see a bit more about it'll be one of those games that i would like to play a demo for actually because watching it doesn't give me a very good sense of how it feels to play and like yeah. what the kind of objectives are and, and things like that so yeah uh I I don't know what other ones that really stuck out to me. I think my friend Pedro was one of the early ones that was like, okay, this is kind of like the Matrix uh, and, you know, you kind of slow-mo shooting and, and things like that. It's, it's, you have a friend who's a banana. It's, oh, yeah. it's kind of like weird. Weird. Um, overland which i don't really remember from the direct at all um that was that's one that has been announced before i think um at some different places i don't even think this was in cuz we're following uh, yeah i don't remember seeing this trailer um in the direct but but hey it's there um swim sanity that was one that was like a multiplayer kind of s- shoot 'em up underwater didn't look very good to me wasn't one that stood out no. um pine we were talking about this a little bit earlier but this is like an open world kind of like Breath of the wild
1: horizon
0: right yeah it's it feels like a very budget one of those yeah um and for me when an indie dev tries to do that it it's kind of frustrating because it it feels like they're trying to do something in a space where they're only going to be compared to games that can do it better because of budget and because of resources and scope and everything and if you're not doing something new with the genre if you're not doing something interesting which i don't it doesn't look to me like this was doing anything particularly groundbreaking. Um, mm. Then I don't know why you don't do something that is a bit smaller in scope that could be a bit more innovative. Um, I don't know because to me it just gets compared to those games very unfavorably.
1: And, and like um, a very simple part of Horizon and Breath of the Wild that is so impressive that almost always relates to budget is like art style and graphics. And right in an open world. I'm not saying those that it's important to all genres, but in open world. 3D it kind of always is more yeah. often than not so it's and, very hard And this for... kind
0: of had quite a generic look to its main character yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it wasn't particularly inspiring. Very rough animation did not look particularly polished. But, you know, you know, if they want to make something like that, that's fine. It's just I don't think it stands out amongst a crowd of a lot now of Now it's going to get, like, like
1: crazy Metacritic or something. We'll, you see. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> this is our curse. It's a, we've caused this shit on stuff.
0: Um, Vlambeer, who made Nuclear Throne, that's coming to Switch, which is cool. Um, I actually had a copy of it on PC for forever because it's PC, and I own every fucking PC game because they just throw them at you. Yeah. Um, and also they have announced a new uh, initiative, which is, I think it's called Vlambeer Arcade, which they're adding a lot of games to over however long. And the first one is called Ultra Bugs. Um, and it looked pretty neat. Vlambeer, very much a studio that focuses on gameplay first. They're very, like, arcade-y. Um, trousers was a game that I played oh, that they right. made a yeah. while ago, which is this very cool, like, sepia-toned... Um, like shooter where you're flying this ship through the sky and trying to survive as long as possible that was a very neat game that i played a a few years ago um and i think ridiculous fishing is the other game they made for mobile um nuclear thrones one that people tend to like i haven't played it i think it's similar to enter the gungeon um it like has a similar feel to it in that sense but Vlambeer is always a studio that is cool i i mostly you know more interested in what rami ishmael has to say um because he's you know the main dude over there and he does a lot of talks around the world to indie devs and stuff like that um but but yeah not really played as many of their games but you know that one looks cool looks seems like a neat neat idea they're doing this thing where they constantly add to it um uh let's see what else did we have we had blaster master zero two which blaster did master you play zero one? no i've so rfn a while ago did a uh, retroactive on the original blaster master and i played along a little bit with that didn't get too far into it it's a very weird game it's very cool and it kind of is emblematic of the era where you know developers were trying very weird things like things like act razor where you're just, like half a overworld sims game half a 2d action game and blaster master was it's like half a like vehicle-based platforming side-scrolling thing and half a top-down action you know um, shooting, shooting yeah. thing so it is you know this weird combination of these two different elements and people seem to like the original blaster Master Zero. i don't think it was received as well as the original um but this second one looked interesting it actually has already come out um, it's available now i was watching some of the giant bomb quick look and it seems pretty brutal uh, pretty unforgiving so not super down my alley um you know i'm I'm not that into it but it seems like inti creates are just you know they're putting out a lot of good games recently so so just add this one to the list that people seem to enjoy quite a bit um and then there's not much else i think rad. Like, there was rad yeah which was from double fine and honestly looks like one of the most uninspired things i've ever seen it, it just not did not nice yeah. didn't do much for me a um, lot of
1: top down kind of not zelda likes but just that top down adventure actiony stuff yeah right
0: just like weird actiony top down that doesn't you know have too much unique about it um yeah yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot there uh and then then like neocab which was very much a when we talk about like hey they make these presentation so that there's like at least one thing for everyone i think the variety that we've seen on display here has shown that right because like you're not going to be into every one of these games um like i'm more into katana zero you know that's the thing that's like for me the big thing um someone else will be like oh yeah uh the red lantern's my thing you know or someone else will be oh neo cabs my thing but I, I like you know narrative games where you ha- make choices and stuff like that and yeah. it's a very cool premise like this idea that you're this um uber driver in the future where everyone else um you know everything's automated and so most cars are driven by you know machines um it's yeah it's a it's a very neat premise and i think that will probably do quite well i think people will probably like it quite a bit but um yeah it might be one that i check out eventually not like a thing that i'm super excited for, but but yeah so yeah aside from the big things lots of different eclectic types of games coming out on switch i think that's that's good it's good to have that variety even if some of them don't look that great like things like swim sanity i don't think looks great but it's in there for people who want like a co-op multiplayer like competitive type thing right and i think that's what nintendo is getting at most of all with these presentations is let's try to hit every person um adam boys i think had said it before that like you know we make these e3 press conferences or we make these sony presentations not with the idea that you'll like everything but with the idea that there will be something in there for everyone like right. there will be one thing that someone is like oh that's the thing i want and i'm excited for um it's, it's trying to just cast a wide net which i think is a smart thing to do generally um, yeah definitely so so yeah um and then we obviously have the two major announcements the first one came right at the start which is hey guess what microsoft nintendo it's happening they're in bed it's, it's already it's going down cuphead is coming to switch
1: very soon as well april 18th N-
0: yeah pretty much the same day as katana zero i think um right. that's gonna be a good week i think <laughs> for both of us you know like gonna you'll pick be... that game up and then fly to japan and play yeah. some cuphead it's gonna be great man cuphead's so fucking good so you're gonna pick it up again is... i so here's the thing there is going to be dlc released for Cuphead question is do i just rebuy it on switch and then just play through the dlc on switch or do i just buy the dlc on pc i feel like i'm going to get cuphead on switch eventually like it's one of those games that is very replayable um it's one of those games that from what people have said so far runs perfectly looks amazing on, on the handheld screen um the only thing is controls potentially but you know i've fucking i've beaten every seaside in celeste so fucking i can stick a middle finger up at anything with that d-pad i can do it um i've passed through fire with an
1: analog stick
0: no i played cuphead with a d-pad originally okay yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's the type of game which requires that type of precision um I feel like with the analog stick, you don't quite get the same level. Mm. Um, I've been analog
1: sticking 2D for a long time now. I know you um, haven't. The, 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 it really the frustrates direction me. buttons kind of reinforced that for me with the Switch. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird.
0: And, and yeah. you'll be fine playing it with analog sticks. I think it is kind of built for that. It's um, mainly in the kind of plain levels the 2D side scrolling right. you know um, I've not played
1: it since Gamescom 2016 yeah 15, we both 15, played it then 16.
0: and and I was very impressed back then and then obviously I played it when it came out and was blown away us, we went
1: into that room and there were all these other games and we were like we just want to play Cuphead
0: yeah well I think it's because we were in line and then we were cut off right before going in for one session so we, so got, we the got the start. first pick of the room right so we got the first pick and we are like just fucking gun for Cuphead and get Cuphead so we did uh, which was good but a game is special a game is damn good it has one of the best senses of accomplishment i've ever felt in a video game a
1: solid modern contra
0: yeah pretty much it's like contra without the bullshit it's like hey what if Whoa. contra but they made it contra so that... the
1: bullshit it's like the perfect game pretty much yeah. <laughs>
0: pretty. hey <laughs> welcome to cuphead like it's pretty much the perfect game um it's like yeah what if we made it so that we split up the levels and the bosses so that like you're not worrying about surviving a level and then having to fight a boss if we just yeah. make the boss its own thing um yeah it's god it's like on so many levels cuphead exceeds expectations um, and it already looked like it was going to be amazing so yeah i'm very excited for you to play that game and and also obviously like the implications of this for the future are just like massive i i think that the fact that microsoft are willing to put a game like this onto nintendo switch is it's really exciting because it means pretty much that, you know, Ori and, the, uh, and Blind Forest, at least, is coming. I feel like Will of the Wisps would probably come as well at some point. But, like, mm. that was a rumor. That's pretty much happening now. That I have no doubt in my mind that that's going to be a thing. And, you know, who knows what else could happen from here. You know, there's definitely potential for the rumors of Game Pass. Um, we're in a weird fucking world. Can you imagine showing someone a main menu screen of a Switch back in, like, 2012? And then being like, oh, so you've got Final Fantasy VII and this Microsoft game. And and you've got Doom and Skyrim. And, like, it's just this list of nonsense that no one would have ever fucking believed. And you look at a Switch home screen now and you see all these icons and it's like... What the fuck man how did we get here what what do we do to deserve this future it's it's very very what weird.
1: if ori comes later in the year with a little smash release as well that's one of the dlc characters
0: yeah i mean people have been chatting about cuphead being a dlc character for smash i still think the banjo thing is the thing that is going to make people go crazy and i think it's the one that nintendo knows they need to do mm. um and with this you know the likelihood is ever increasing it's ever
1: increasing so imagine if exciting. you did have cuphead or mugman and it like it was that art style in a similar way to game and watch just in smash brothers it would be pretty nice yeah
0: yeah i mean yeah trying to replicate them in 2d would be very very interesting but i'm sure they could do it um be be very cool so yeah excited for you to finally play cuphead that will be great um and kind was- of gutted it doesn't have online co-op because you know that would have been nice but- yeah um, yeah yeah that would be good
1: and then th- there was another announcement that also has a lot of implications for the future i feel
0: hell yeah it does um so they start off showing this trailer for a game which looks like oh hey it's crypto the necrodancer hey that's cool they're doing a sequel to crypto the necrodancer which is
1: already on switch i hadn't realized yes it really is yeah yeah, yeah. crypto necrodancer well, yeah. has
0: been on switch for probably last year at some point early last year it came yeah. out it's a game that i've heard a lot about people really like it's like this like. i'd like to try it um it's a roguelike rhythm action game. Uh, it's very weird and it's very unique. Um, and the trailer's going along and it's like, okay cool, blah blah blah. And it starts like introducing slowly these elements of like, oh we're in this like wooded area. Oh, oh there's like these slime things. It's like, oh there's, there's a bridge. Oh, there's like a god. That god kind of looks like a dark
1: knight. Do, do you know what song they introduced though from Zelda? Yes. It... They use, they use uh,
0: Taltale Heights. Taltale Heights from, from uh, Link's Awakening.
1: Uh, Link's Awakening, exactly. Which is very nicely paired obviously because the link's awakening right. remake coming out it's bold to go with that song knowing that that remake is coming out later this year and then not yeah it kind of out. kind of
0: feels like some subtle you know marketing nonsense yeah, to, like get know, into your brain yeah. but um but yeah like and then all of a sudden it's like oh hey you're playing as link and zelda and this is a zelda themed crypto the necrodancer and it's not dlc this is a full fucking game and the sequel to of the necrodancer is called cadence wow, yeah. of hyrule and it's a zelda game And Nintendo have given their IP, finally, after fucking years of me saying, please just give your IP to independent developers because they have shown their talent. They have shown how well they can do these things. Um, you know we finally have because
1: before the whenever other companies have worked on nintendo ip like i don't know next level and it's all sort of kind of second party would you call it or like in-house yeah. it's yeah right r- I, and i like, mean
0: like some, you know they they lend their ip out to larger studios ubisoft obviously in most recent ubisoft. times with mario and yeah. Rabbits, and obviously Star Fox and starlink um you know link being in soul caliber back in the gamecube days yeah. it's with it's with bigger game uh, publishers they've obviously done
1: give like that ip to a smaller independent right a team of
0: probably less than 10 people making this game you know can you imagine being those people who get approached by nintendo and who are like hey make a zelda game and they're like okay uh i guess we get the keys to the kingdom which is it's crazy um in some senses but it's also predictable in others like nintendo have been going down this path this trajectory of recent times of just being a bit less strict about who they use their ip with um obviously still being careful about it being selective like they've chosen a very good developer to partner with with a proven track record with a game that is critically acclaimed um you know they, they aren't just giving it to any no-name random people they're definitely being choosy about it but they are loosening their strings and i think that is the most important thing to see is like they have all these initiatives they're doing the theme parks they're doing the movies like it's it feels like nintendo want to expand their ip and 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 leverage it in different ways i think they're understanding that like hey if we have a year where we can have multiple you know releases in this franchise we can have our other teams working on other things we don't need to dedicate our own resources to doing that like we can still pump the zelda-ness into your veins by saying hey here's this thing from an indie team that's coming out still a zelda game people are still gonna buy it but Mm. we didn't put our resources into making it um Think, and that's a smart thing to do.
1: I think it's important to note that something like Cadence of Hyrule feels far away enough from that Zelda mould, obviously, right. with the rhythm and the way that the game plays. I think exactly. Yeah, and start- I think that's the
0: thing that has been weird about people being like, well, g- get Team Cherry to make Metroid and blah, blah, blah. Because because that's not what this is this isn't this isn't them making a 2d top-down zelda this is them making the game they've already made improved probably and adding new ideas but throwing the zelda characters in there and making it themed around it so it is it is a completely different type of game than this series has ever seen before um and and so it's it's more about applying the ip to new ideas and different ideas and i think it's like
1: the second Mario is doing his core thing, which is obviously platforming. Nintendo do it very much in-house, but when Mario's playing football, next level games can have a go. You know, like it's. I feel like they want to keep the second Zelda is or Zelda Link is doing like his core thing, adventuring around and without the rhythm, obviously. Nintendo do it in-house. Like I think they're they're always going to be very careful to make sure that. It kind of goes against the theory with um, a game like Star Fox Zero, actually, because that's very much like... but but then
0: but then i think that's a different case and i think when we discuss things like f-zero and advance wars and ip that has been absent when it comes to that nintendo aren't making fucking any of those games so that's when i would be okay with them saying like hey indie developer just make one of these games you know just make an actual version of one of these because to be frank as nintendo we're not doing it anymore and we're not interested in doing it anymore um and you know we get that anyway like wargroove basically is advanced wars and yep. fast racing neo is not basically f-zero but it's very close to it you know they they fast, hired definitely. the fucking f-zero announcer they definitely have <laughs> yeah, things that are very similar and and you know we, we are we live in this space where most independent developers make games that are reminiscent of nintendo games anyway so you know that that ground is pretty much covered by a lot of different companies um yeah but yeah it's exciting and you know as someone who has heard good things about Crypt- crypto necrodancer has never played it i'm definitely down to play this game you know i think that that shows the power and the strength of zelda as a series yeah is yeah. that it will convince a lot of people to do something that they may not otherwise be interested in you know Absolutely. play a game outside of their wheelhouse and
1: you know i and- want to play this when you have a game a a series like zelda that has so much iconic and recognizable music like tower heights and then you pair that with the fact that it's a rhythm based music game in some way like that's a really nice matchup where you can be like oh i I love the zelda songs and this is a great way of enjoying them and so i think it's a really clever way of getting zelda fans hyped about something that's not you know core zelda
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's smart. It is a way to fill out their release lineup, which is already pretty good so far for, you know, the rest of this year. Um, It's yeah, it's it's overall just a it's a great indication of the future and shows where I think Nintendo should go. Uh, with their ip and and what they do with it because um you know i want to see more representations of of their characters by talented independent studios hell like there are so many on switch who are so inspired by the company that you know you you, they're probably all chomping at the bit to get their hands on and this is nintendo's makes
1: them even more excited to hang around waiting for maybe we could get the next ip to come to our game or who knows
0: yeah, yeah 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 um and you know kirk scott who's the guy who's basically in charge of third party relations when it comes to independent developers at nintendo was saying like hey you know this this could be the start of something so you know it's it's very interesting and i uh, i'm excited uh, this def- this direct uh, presentation whatever the fuck you want to call it nindy's showcase nindy's showcase it it was not necessarily groundbreaking uh, but i think these two releases these two announcements while awesome in and of themselves are way more important for what they say about the future you know like they Mm. they are statements about the future of nintendo um and that's very very cool very exciting so for
1: something that comes just at the end of march um when we're still a way out from something like e3 it's super solid in that sense like it's definitely it's solid games coming this year which be, people are looking forward to
0: yeah cool um i don't want to spend too much time on this now because we've uh, talked a lot about the nindy showcase but there was a rumor recently uh, about you know new versions of the switch coming out later this year one that would be a cheaper more affordable model that was potentially portable only uh, obviously this has come from the wall street journal from uh, uh had his name uh takashi mochizuki uh who does a lot of nintendo coverage over there and is a good follow on twitter i recommend following him um and yeah so we have potentially a cheaper model of the switch and a pro more expensive model of the switch which would people are saying like similar to hey they did the 2ds and they did the new 3ds xl you know those are the kind of two analogs we would have here Mm. in, in terms of the portable space um what do you think of this, Bally? Do you think it is likely they release both at the same time, both in the same year? Um, I guess they have done it feel? before
1: with models of the 3- 3DS. I think that. The, More the- spaced
0: apart, though, you know? Like they put the 2DS out and then they put out like the new 3DS, the I small mean, version. I mean, there or- were two
1: skews of the new 3DS, I thought, that came out at the same time. Yes.
0: Well, it's weird because originally the new 3DS, the smaller model was never released in America until oh, later right. on. Yeah. They did a no, one limited they did one limited edition like maybe I can't remember what it was. It wasn't an Animal Crossing. It was one stupid one um that you could only get that faceplate and shit like that. And oh, it had God. the faceplates face the, you know, yeah.
1: They were kind instance. of cool. But um yeah. I-, I think the cheaper more portable skew I think is very, very predictable and a great idea yes. and yeah. something and, uh, more. The durable. reason is
0: is because at the end of this year fucking Pokemon Gen Eight is coming well, exactly. out and you need as many kids as possible buying a switch exactly. because and
1: you don't want them smashing up the current model which apparently no. is so hard uh, to And you, the and you want their <laughs>
0: parents the to be like, okay, I'm not spending three hundred dollars. Can I have something that's more approachable? And they're like, Yeah, yeah sure. Here's a switch for hundred and sixty nine or whatever, you know, here's one that you can enter into it and play Play, and it's not necessarily docks. You can have it portable. Blah right. blah blah. If you're, um, I
1: mean, if you're a parent, you don't want your kids using your Switch because they might break it. But likewise, you don't want to spend the same amount on the Switch that you bought to give to them, with the risk that the kid might break it. So, you getting something where they can play Switch, yeah. Again. And it's
0: not a particularly durable system like Nintendo no. handhelds of the past. It's a very sleek piece of hardware. It's very, you know, it's more high end and. So it's more susceptible to breakage. So having one that's more like a fucking brick that's what people want yeah. I think for, for the younger it's, kids
1: it's the more powerful skew and that where that goes and what it does that I'm probably more interested in just because personally yeah, I might pick it up if it's worth it but like then yeah, again but
0: then you think about the history of Nintendo when it comes to this type of incremental upgrade and you look at the new 3DS and how they released like five games for it and then Super Nintendo games and then forgot it even existed and had a stupid right. analog nub that doesn't so, even work yeah, for anything so yeah the reason
1: I liked my new 3DS was because it was my first 3ds since the original whereas i hadn't right you made a goddamn Excel.
0: cataclysmic jump you know like, i made that a was big, like big crazy. jump so,
1: yeah so i would probably in an ideal world skip this model and go for the next model and see what happens but um we'll see i i don't know how they get around if the screen's going to be bigger are there going to be different Droy-Cons? why would they go away from Droy-Con uniformity when it's crucial like the size of the switch when it's crucial to stuff like I mean, someone posted it on Discord server like while something like Labo is quite niche, why would they make a skew that didn't work with Labo where it's so crucial to the size of the the the, the tablet itself and stuff? Like, I'm very curious to know in what ways it's different and whether they do go for a different size of screen and different size of Joy-Con because they seem so fundamental. They
0: potentially are just positioning it as a completely different product, you know? Just being like, okay, this is the Switch Nano and the Switch Nano is its own thing. It doesn't integrate with any other versions. It's just its own thing. It doesn't have HD Rumble. It's a cheap version. If you want to play Switch games, you play Switch games. But there may be some you can't play and Boohoo, you can't play them. But that's the way it is, you know? It it could be be a situation like that um which you know fine i guess you know as long as people pipe fucking seven million copies of pokemon they're they're happy i think um so so yeah i i don't have a huge amount more to say about it i think that for me the jump the amount of things that the new one has to do has to be pretty significant for me to consider changing or upgrading because if it's just going to do you know minor things like improve the resolution a little bit for games that are a little bit underperforming so stuff like you know the doom and wolfenstein ports and you know other third party games that have come to switch it's like well you know i'm I'm not going to play those games on switch anyway i have better hardware to play those types right. of games on so speaking to an audience of people who don't own other pieces of hardware they, where they can play those bigger third party games and also want to play those games on switch and also want better versions of them um so yeah i it's a weird in-between state of, of a consumer that you're going for potentially but you know if they say hey the next you know mario kart is exclusive to this new one well then fucking of course everyone has to buy it but they're not going to do that because that's stupid um yeah you know it's 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 weird.
1: You so, either yeah. completely segment the market or you make such a boring and incremental change that it's barely worth buying a bit like the new 3DS. And it's just a bit... Right. It, it, it's, it's an impossible hard. square to circle or circle to square. Like, it, there's, you're kind of trapped. You just it's like Right.
0: And and we've seen it already with, like, PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. But, you know, they weren't enormous upgrades. They were decent. And you can still get a really good experience. Like... I don't feel cheated out of God of War and Spider-Man for having them played on my regular original PS4. They looked and played great on that. Um, And sure, other people got a better looking version, but I was fine with mine. You know, I didn't feel like I was, you know, being left out. So I feel for Nintendo especially that they don't want to do that to original owners. They don't want them to feel like, hey, I'm playing an inferior version that is clearly significantly worse. So well having said that they fucking released hyrule warriors and let people play it on the original 3ds at seven frames a second so yeah. who even knows but I, I feel like switch is a bigger enough deal that that you know doing that would be a bad idea um so so yeah cool uh we'll any more thoughts on that stuff i guess we're just, just gonna have to yeah, wait just um, need
1: to wait and see what this these things look like and yeah i'm intrigued a lot of weird questions still to be
0: answered but Nintendo will figure it out probably they always do uh okay well that's gonna pretty much wrap us up then for the show uh thanks everyone for listening uh we you know keep doing it because people enjoy it and keep listening and writing in and things like that and we would enjoy it more if you wrote in more because <laughs> we need some emails um and we need you to send those to us so if you could email us that'd be great bali will remind you again of the email
1: address please send your emails to this nintendo life at gmail.com that's this nintendo life at gmail.com please send them in we are very low as we mentioned yes earlier.
0: yes 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 uh, great so obviously we have been doing our patreon for a while and that's the thing that keeps rolling onwards and you can check it out at patreon.com slash this Nintendo life it's a very cool place to go to get some bonus episodes of things we're gonna be recording a new one soon for April um, so you know keep your eyes tuned there but uh, but yeah if if uh, you would like to check it out there's lots of cool stuff that you can get access to lots of bonus episodes talking about a bunch of different things um and bali would also like to thank some of our patrons
1: yes thank you to our two ten dollar tier patrons they are of course my girlfriend caroline and atari alex thank you so much for your ten dollar tier support and we'd like to also thank our sponsorship level supporter daniel v Thank you as well for your support. And thank you to all our other patrons uh, for all your support. It's hugely appreciated. And yes, our our most recent episode was TNL Takes last month. And we were talking about, what were we talking about? We were talking about theme parks, exactly. So that was a fun discussion Uh, that we even managed to move on to Star Wars and Nintendo like we do with Uh all things. Yeah,
0: it's like impossible not to, isn't it? Definitely worth checking that out um, if you'd like to support us. Cool. Um, other cool thing. Recently, we are now available on a brand new platform. No, it Ba-ba-ba. is not Google Podcast. Google no, Podcast not. still not available in our country. <laughs> um, we're on Spotify, we motherfuckers. Are on
1: Spotify.
0: Apparently, they open the floodgates and they let any motherfuckers on Spotify yeah. now. So hey, we're on Spotify. Us so go look for us on spotify if you like listening things on that platform then we're on there as well if you've your friends have been saying no you know like if you've been recommending you'd be like look this nintendo life is a great podcast listen to it and your friend is like no i'm a spotify person all i do is spotify i don't care about podcasting apps i only listen to things on spotify you can tell them this nintendo life is on spotify now no excuses Go listen to it, and it's quite Stream a good place
1: it. to go where you can just immediately start streaming any episode. Yeah, qu- more quickly than you know downloading it on a podcast app or something.
0: Yeah, it's, some it's, people like to do great. that. Yeah. I personally like to have my podcast episodes downloaded, completed, and then personally delete them myself. But exactly. that is me. You know, if that's me. That Going go my you. list, and the list exactly. shall not
1: be touched. It will it will play through them and then automatically delete when I have finished listening to it in its entirety exactly yeah
0: um but hey there are other people out there who love that stream in future you know google they love that stream in future um so if you're like google head on over to spotify listen to us on spotify with that um you can find us in other places as well we're all over we're on um stitcher we're on various podcasting apps you can just check us out iTunes obviously review us on iTunes. That's been a thing that we've been uh, pushing for a bit more, and we did have um, quite a few when we pushed for them. So we'd like to get a few more because that'd be great. Get the word out a bit more about the show and, and get people listening uh, to it. Um, you can find us in various places on the internet. Bally, where can people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter at Ballyman91. That's B A L L Y M A N
0: nine one. Great, and you can find me at LordNBZ. You can also find our podcast twitter which is at tnl podcast and you can follow that account uh, to get access to links to our discord uh to our youtube channel all those other fun things um and yeah it's, it's a good time so yeah that's pretty much gonna be us that's gonna close things out for this episode thanks everybody for listening um i'm excited about the future of nintendo and these these announcements there's lots of potential things that could happen as a result so who knows maybe one day master chief will be in smash bally it could be a reality it could be um i don't know if he fits particularly well but people would be excited by that so kind of like the halo
1: collection to come to switch that'd be nice yeah man
0: like that they just announced nice. it for pc mm-hmm. imagine playing halo on switch imagine bally us playing co-op halo on a nintendo I'm, platform i'm intrigued to know how it holds up yeah same i i want to go back and play those games at some point very big blind spot i feel in my gaming history Mm -hmm. so um maybe one day we shall see uh but until that day uh we're just gonna keep continuing to put out podcasts here on this nintendo life so uh thanks for listening everyone we will be back in a couple weeks time with some more bye bye